Finding Founders podcast hosted by Sam Donner is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Designed to inspire, Finding Founders is a podcast about vulnerability and entrepreneurship where you learn from the life stories of founders of amazing businesses. Here's some episodes to check out right now. Modernizing Meditation, Sam chats with Sue Schwartz, founder of Unplug Meditation. Sue's gives insights around a mission to make meditation simple, powerful, and accessible to all. How about this? Drop your career and start beekeeping. My wife would love that. Founders of TNA Farms, Adam and Therese, walk through their journey from beekeeping hobbyists to professional beekeepers who sell their honey all over the country. Sounds good to me. If you want the real stories around how amazing businesses rose to success, listen to Finding Founders wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it is almost 2023. We had a great 2022. Thank you for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast. Today, we're going to revisit some of the best clips that we've heard from you that have said, you've really helped me grow my business. When I listened to that episode and when they gave me this advice, you really helped me grow my business. So if you haven't listened to every episode today, we're going to give you some of the best. With that, I want to welcome you to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. This is the only podcast that coaches you through a six-step plan to grow your small business. We do that by helping you build your business like an airplane. The cockpit is your leadership. The body is your overhead. The right engine is your marketing. The left engine is your sales. The wings are your products and the fuel tanks are your cash flow. If you master the six parts of a small business, your business will fly far and fast. Every week, we help you optimize your airplane. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Well, this week, we're going to cover all six parts of the airplane with many different guests, many different clips. We're covering your entire business. We're going to start out with Annabelle and Lila Mae Skidmore. These are two sisters. They're co-founders of Granolid, a company creating gluten-free, healthy granola versions of the snacks you love. One is a senior in high school. One of the sisters is in college, and they own a business. What I help these two sisters understand is something that every one of us needs to understand, and that is what is the smartest thing to work on where you make the most money for your company. We're both students, so summer is great because we're together and get to work. But when school hits, it's still only the two of us, but yet we have school. We want to start adding to our team. <laughs> yes. Okay, so two things. You want to manage your time and you want to add to your team. Correct. Okay. Here's how you manage your time. You get up early and the first 90 minutes of every day are solely focused on the business. You guys are going to get on a Zoom call or FaceTime, whatever you use, you're going to open your computer, you're going to look at each other from across town, even though you're, you're so close, <laughs> and you're going to say, Lila May, what's your priority today? And Lila May is going to say, I've got to write that story for the packaging that Don told us to do. And Lila May is going to say, what's your, what's your priority today? And Annabelle is going to say, well, I need to write a press release or an op-ed about how this is the best fuel you can possibly get if you're gluten-free and you're a runner. And you say, okay, we've got our priorities. And for 90 minutes, you just work on that. And then you close your computer and you forget about it. You can make tens of millions of dollars if you focus for 90 minutes a day. You really can. You can build a company on that. Okay. In terms of the help that you need, I think both of you, the first hire might just be a virtual assistant for about 10 hours a week. Now, I know you want help in the kitchen and all that kind of stuff. Listen, if anybody will volunteer 
you're young enough that your grandparents are probably still a little bit young and your uncle is just so freaking proud of you and all that kind of stuff. You know what? They they get a bag of $1.75 granola for helping you for five hours. That's what they get. <laughs> and because... <laughs> and because they're family, it's not illegal. Now, it's going to be illegal here when they're not family. You can't do that. You got to actually pay people. But a but a virtual assistant is going to do things like they're going to handle your schedule. What you want to do is wake up and op- open your Google Calendar and your assistant has told you everything that you've got to do today. Doesn't that sound amazing? Like paradise. Sounds incredible. <laughs> the key is here, the creative energy that you have shouldn't be going into figuring out your schedule. It shouldn't be going into picking up your dry cleaning. It shouldn't be going into knowing that you've got dinner with the family this week. It should be going into the business. And so you don't make any money by putting on your Google calendar that you've got a family meeting or a family dinner with the parents this week. You don't make any money doing that. So your assistant should do that. The key to succeeding as an entrepreneur is knowing what's worth your time and knowing what's not. So have you guys ever heard of the term opportunity cost? Yes. (laughs) What does opportunity cost mean? You tell me and you tell our listeners. Oh, no. I took AP Macro last year. It's bringing back. (laughs) But you have to give up this in order to gain this. That's right. Pretty much. So basically, if you have an opportunity to speak and give a keynote for $5,000, you're going to take that opportunity? I would take the opportunity, ladies. It wasn't a trick question. Yeah. $5,000. You need that money. Now, in order to do that, though, you got to give up an opportunity to speak for $50,000. Now, which one are you taking? I would take the 50000 <laughs> You're taking the fifty over the five. So the opportunity cost on the five is now $45,000. The opportunity cost on you keeping your Google calendar is very high because that's time you could be spending writing stories for the back of the packaging or getting a publicist or speaking to magazines about how this is great running fuel. So you always want an algorithm in your head that's just measuring opportunity costs. I know it sounds crazy, but you know what's going to be fun is when some guy goes, hey, you know, I'd really like getting to know you and (laughs) can I I buy you a cup of coffee? I'd like to take you on a date. You see, I would love that. I want you to call Cindy. Here's her number (laughs) and see if you can get on my schedule. That's called a power move. (laughs) Instead of getting coffee, come help us package granola. Wow, talk about driven. Those two young women aren't waiting for anyone's permission to succeed. Don't get caught up in the small stuff. A VA can take care of all that stuff for you so that your hours are spent doing what needs to be done most, and that is make cash. Okay, let's talk about the opposite problem. Let's talk about what happens when you're living in your sweet spot, you're making a ton of money, everything is going really great, and all of a sudden, quality of life goes down. You're not spending time with your kids. You're not connecting with your spouse. You're not getting the rest you need. You have let go of hobbies. You have let go of friends, all to serve the bottom line. You know, a good life is spent in balance. You actually balance out the times you work really hard, the times you play really hard, the times you rest, the connections that you make. Balance is the key. Well, we talk about that in my interview with Renee Thompson. She is the founder and CEO of the Healthy Workforce Institute. She has a great business, you know, real service to the healthcare community, but the service was almost too successful. And she was wondering, how do I scale this even further when I questioned, and I think she began to question whether or not she needs to scale it at all. 
Renee was doing it all, and she just couldn't see where to go next, what to do next. She was collapsing under the business. She was collapsing under her own success. So we talk about how to manage that dynamic in this conversation. Describe your operation to the listener. Describe how you organize your operation. And let's see if we can make some improvements that allow you to increase your impact. Okay. Very much like your airplane example. Yep. I am the pilot. And oh, I fly the plane. You're, you're in the cockpit. You I'm know where cockpit. it's going. I'm the strategic thinker. Okay. But I'm also serving coffee, fueling the plane. You know, loading the luggage. Well, it sounds like you're the wings. You are the product. You are the product that you sell. I am. You are also the cockpit. So there's a lot of solopreneurs find themselves as they're in the cockpit. They are the wings. They're having to do the marketing. They're having to manage the cash flow. They're all parts of the airplane, which is which is fine. Right. It just limits your ability to have an impact. It limits your ability to grow. I can't scale anymore. And, and that's fine. You're right. Because when I'm sure there are a lot of listeners who start very much like me. You do it all, and that's okay. But Don, this is 10 years, and I'm still doing it all. I want to talk about how much money you need, how much, how you're managing your, your checking accounts, to be mm-hmm. honest, mm-hmm. because a lot of times, you know, we get so busy, and we're, we're putting out so many fires that we, we don't realize we actually don't need the money. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that you would be... I mean, what are you going to do with the money? You, we always think we're going to buy quality of life. And, and a lot of times we got to sit down and go, well, you know what? If I just wouldn't take that money, I'd have the quality of life now. So, you know, have we have we had that come to Jesus moment yet? Did with- you talk to my husband? Seriously. <laughs> Did you have this conversation with him? Because when- He's selling you out? Oh, my gosh. He would retire- Today, if oh, he's doing oh, the opposite. You're oh. make you're the one pushing it. When the pandemic hit, um, and we started seeing all of our speaking engagements canceled, I had several panic attacks. Sure. And then we sat down and I said, "All right, let's create our ideal life. How much money would we have to have bring in for us to have our ideal life?" And it's things like we have two grandchildren now. We visit our grandchildren like every six weeks. We want to go and visit them. And that's a cost. We want to take our family on a family vacation. All expenses paid. We want to take care of that. That's how much that costs. Um, You know, we looked at our house. We paid off our house. So what do we really need? And Don, we have that. We oh, already have but that's so that's wonderful. So I know, that, but yeah. I can't. So the the driver in mm-hmm. me, this is the the limiting belief that I had. The the mantra that I hear in my head is my father, who yeah. when he was young and raising five children, never turned down work mm-hmm. ever. Yep. And I battle with that, but I recognize that it's something that I need to get control of. Because I'm getting older and, you know, I still um, have things that I want to do that don't involve my business. And so, What a beautiful thing, though, that you're even willing to say that. And, you know, I I grew up very, very poor. My mother Mm -hmm. never made more than $21,000 a year until the last few years of her life when she switched jobs. She was a secretary at an oil refinery. You know, we stood in line for government subsidies. We grew up at our, I was born into a government project. And, uh, and to me, it just always feels like scarcity. It always, 
if a speaking gig cancels, I, my my body tells me you're not going to eat tomorrow, and it doesn't right. matter how many millions are in oh the account. My gosh. And I have had to I've had to really retrain myself on that. I mean, you you know, we are you and I have this racehorse engine, this mm-hmm. this incredible engine, but the reality is you can run that engine too hot, and we've got to be able to actually navigate that now. You've given me some clues here. <laughs> You're a very, very driven person and you want to accomplish much. You need a project for the family that right. gives you a feeling that you're excelling there too. Yeah. And I would actually say, Renee, I think you should have a number and that number is, look, we're going to do uh, $1.7 million in consulting a year and we're also going to take two months off. There will be there will be two months <laughs> off. They can be. I'm going to let you separate a spring and a fall. Uh huh. But there's two months that we do not work, and everybody keeps getting paid. But Renee's not going to work. And what that is is it's putting a little regulator on your engine. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. making you know you're probably a binary thinker. You're either all in or all out. Black and white. There you go. Absolutely. So we're going to do one month a year when you're all out. And what you're going to find is that you give better advice, you do better consulting, and you can't, you know, you can't stand up against bullies in the workplace who overwork their teams if there's a bully inside you that's overworking you. Oh, yeah. She beats me up relentlessly. Sounds like (laughs) she does. And also, you are not responsible to fix the broken world. We're just responsible to do everything we can, but we can't break ourselves to fix what is broken. Doing it all. She's the pilot. She's serving the drinks. She's loading the airplane. Uh, that, you know, that happens when you are the product that you sell. And at some point, you have to say, okay, I'm going to raise my prices and decrease the amount of time I'm spending doing this. And I'm going to trust that my business can actually stay alive if I do it. Because I know the feeling. The feeling is if I don't show up for this speaking event or if I don't do this live stream or if I don't whatever, my business is going to go under. Well, you know, that's true if you keep saying no to those opportunities. But to live in balance and be healthier is going to let you say yes to opportunities and actually show up with your full self rather than show up at all of them tired. We do have to live in balance. All healthy things live in balance. The reality is if you drive your business too hard, it's going to get too hot. It's going to overheat. You need rest. When was the last time you heard someone say, it's almost too easy when talking about a piece of tech? Probably never, right? Because tech usually isn't easy. Tech is usually too complicated, too busy, and too frustrating when it should just be plain easy. HubSpot's CRM platform is ridiculously easy to learn, use, and love. That's because it's a handcrafted, sophisticated system designed for the way teams actually work, not a bunch of cobbled together tools that don't speak to each other. With a suite of powerful tools that seamlessly connects your teams and customizable hubs that you can add or subtract as you grow, it's not almost too easy to use. It is easy to use, period. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. And now back to the show. All right. Episode 95 with Will Gadara was one of my favorites. And I, th- I think it was one of my favorites because he reminded me 
that business can also be magical. It can also help you connect with people. It can also help you make somebody's day, make somebody's year. We, we tend to think bottom line, bottom line, bottom line. And sometimes if we think that way too much, we lose kind of our humanity. And Will started a restaurant called 11 Madison Park. It was the number one restaurant in the world. Before that, he won a James Beard Award. The guy, he might be an overachiever, but he's done it all. He's built his entire business, all his success on surprising and delighting people. As Will and I talk, he's going to reference a $2 hot dog. Let me tell you what he's talking about. In his restaurant, 11 Madison Park, he was serving a table and the people at the table, the foodies said, the only thing we didn't try was the $2 hot dog, the corner hot dog that you see there in New York. And Will heard that and he snuck out of the restaurant, grabbed a $2 hot dog, took it back to the kitchen, cut it into four pieces for the four guests at the table, dressed it up in only the way 11 Madison Park could do and served it to his guests. And of course, surprised and delighted them. It's those little things being creative, being unique in the way that you treat a unique human. Well, you're probably thinking, you know, how is a $2 hot dog going to change my business or something like that? Well, listen to Will. He might change your mind. A lot of entrepreneurs, they're, they're, they're just, you know, they got 2% profit margins. They're, you know, having to think about paying bills. You know, everybody's going, okay, th- this guy's got the number one restaurant in the world. He's, he's loaded in money. That, what they don't realize is the profit margins on restaurants are, ex- are extremely low. Yeah. And, and the pressures are extremely high. This is all heart-to-heart, human-to-human kind of stuff. What do you say to somebody who says, I'd love to do that, but I'm hustling too hard. I'm too busy. And I'm, I'm afraid to engage that part of my heart right now because I've got to, I got to chase money. Well, I'd, I'd say two things. Um, first of all, I mean, that hot dog costs two bucks, right? So like, it's not the cost of the gesture. It's how it makes people feel. Ah, uh, that's, a, that's a good word right there. But also one of the rules that has always guided the way I've managed my businesses, I call it the rule of 95-5, which I manage my money like a crazy person 95% of the time and then spend the last 5% quote foolishly. When you say you manage your money like a crazy person, I mean you, you've got some rules and you're you're very linear about it, and you don't you don't disobey the laws of physics as it comes to business or money or anything else. Every, you watch every single penny. That's a, that's a good. That's a really good. But five percent go nuts with it. Well, and then but, and I say quote foolishly because it's not foolish at all. It's that five percent that creates your brand. It's that five percent that creates the kind of memories that give people an attachment to what you serve that will keep them coming back over and over and over again. This is what I can guarantee you. I could have put a full page ad in the New York Times, and I think it would have driven less people into my restaurant than that $2 hot dog, because I guarantee you those people told that story yeah. a thousand times. And it's not why you're doing it. However, it, the, the upside is, is economic. The upside does help you build your business. And, and uh, that, that's a wonderful answer to give us all permission to, to do this sort of thing. You know, the hospitality industry, as that that term is defined, normally applies to restaurants and hotels. Right. But I think it can apply to much more. The U.S. used to be a manufacturing economy. Now it's a, a service economy, and dramatically so. I think three quarters of our GDP are service industries. Hmm. And I believe that the lessons I learned in a 25-year career in restaurants can really help transform any business that's in the service industry. Because I don't believe making good products is enough anymore. And I don't think that serving them efficiently is enough anymore. I believe we're on the precipice of becoming a hospitality economy. You look at the last two years and how disconnected people have felt from one another. 
I think connection is the thing that people are craving most of all. And what they're craving is where they will invest whatever amount of money they have to spend. And I think that businesses that prioritize hospitality have the capacity to win. I also think it just feels really good. Here's the thing, like with the hot dog and all the gestures that my team and the Dreamweavers brought to life, A, our staff was happier than ever before because they were no longer just executing someone else's vision. They had some creative agency and they were much more committed to helping us achieve our goals because it was like turning salespeople into product designers. Mm. And I don't care who you are, the moment you feel you have a say in the direction of the thing that you're selling, you're going to give that much more of yourself to, to help it sell. Yeah. But also because, man, it just feels good to make other people happy. Yeah. I love what Will said about our economy and how it used to be a manufacturing economy. Now it's a service-based economy, and the strength of the connection that you make with customers is going to affect your bottom line. Obviously, a terrific year on our podcast. One of the favorites that we've heard from you guys about is my conversation with Amy Porterfield. Amy Porterfield is the host of the Marketing Made Easy podcast. She might be the world's leading voice in how to make money on the internet. I'm a huge fan, and I'm honored to call her a friend. We had a terrific conversation about starting a business. I mean, if you were just going to start a business, what would you do? And we each go through the five first steps that we would take to start a business. In this clip, I want you to hear the first step both of us would take. And you know what? It's not the same step. We actually would take different steps. I think she's got some great points in here. I wonder what would be your first step in starting a business. Here is ours. Here's me and Amy Porterfield. I want to go a little bit of a different angle today because, you know, we have 300,000 small business owners listening to this podcast and not all of them grow digital businesses. But, you know, you've grown a really successful multi-million dollar business. You've made a lot of mistakes. You've done a lot of things right. I want to know from your perspective, if you had to start over today, how would you do it and what would you do? And the reason is the job market is so crazy. People are leaving their jobs. They feel rightly leverage an agency over their own lives. And some people are starting businesses. And you and I, if we have this conversation, can probably save them from a lot of mistakes. Yes. Amy, I'm going to chime in too, because I got some thoughts. But okay, good. if you had to start over from the beginning, what would you do? Okay. Step one would be to start creating content. Now, There's little layers to each of these steps. Obviously, you want to start thinking about who you want to serve, who your ideal customer avatar is. But sometimes with my students, they're not really sure. And I say, okay, well, let's start creating content around your expertise, your knowledge, your know-how. And by that, I mean a blog, podcast, or video show. If I were to start all over, I would start with a platform like that. I mean, obviously, I'm biased. I would choose a podcast. I think it's the easiest to get started and get out there but I would start with content. What would be your step one? Well, now my step one, I don't know if it should be my step one because yours is pretty darn good. Uh, I would say step one is, and this is going to sound so basic coming from a corporate mindset, I think it's your mission statement before you get going. But here's the thing that is different in my formula for a mission statement. My formula for a mission statement is we will accomplish X by X because of X. So we're going to accomplish this by this date because, and then you talk about why it matters. But the first part is the most important. I would say, what are your three target economic priorities? 
Mm. And, you know, here's the thing, you know, we're going to, uh, we're going to launch a product and sell 50 units. We're going to do whatever. And I reserve the right that my mission statement, if I'm starting a company, can change every week. Nice. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't think your mission statement is going to be the same two months later. Yes. Okay. So if you reserve the right to change that every single week, then I can get behind that 100% because a lot of my students who are just starting, they're not really sure. And so they don't start because they're like, I'm not, I'm not sure what to even put as my mission statement. Well, and the, the mission statement to me is less important than the economic priorities. Because the thing is, as you know, if you're starting it out, you got to think about cash. Where am I going to get cash? Who's going to pay me to do what? And then if I write that down and the money, and the other thing is your mission statement may change, not because you're not getting it going or it's not working, but because it is. So you may say, look, I'm going to launch a podcast and promote myself as a speaker, and then I'm going to be on stages, and now I'm realizing I haven't seen my kids and I can't remember their names, and so your mission statement has to change, right? Yes. You've got to find a way to get cash, but kind of both of us are more or less saying the same thing, and that is get out there and do something. Yes. Right? Get out there and put your name out there, put your content out there, and start exchanging something for money. Yes. Okay. So that actually leads me to step two. To me, before the money comes, I believe you need an email list. I believe that the energy of your business is directly tied to the strength of your email list. And when I say energy, I'm talking revenue, engagement, audience building, um, your message, your content. All of that is so incredibly important, but the energy of your business is directly tied to the strength of your email list. Notice I didn't say size. I don't believe you have to have a huge email list. However, social media is fickle. It comes and goes. That algorithm, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow, but you own your email list. And when you have an email list, you can be making money every single day from that email list if you play it right. So I believe once you've got that content platform, let's say you're going to create a podcast, find ways while you're creating your content to also grow your email list, create freebies on your podcast, talk about them on social media. That's a great way to use social, but grow your email list so that when you're ready to make some money, when you're ready to put that offer out there, you're not just putting it out on social. If you use email marketing, it's four times more likely to convert than any social media post. So my thing is content and email list very early on in starting your business. I love Amy Porterfield. I, I love that uh, she is just such a, a woman of action. She has a strong bias toward action. Go and do something. You know, I've met a lot of successful people in business in what I would consider business intelligence. However, the ones who succeed, they do things. They may not be the smartest. They may not be the most creative, but they get out and they do things. They take actions. They, they make calls. They actually write emails and send them. They, they get a CRM. They put up their landing page. They come up with ideas. They're not even good ideas sometimes, but they actually film them and put them on the internet. They are not frozen in analysis. They take action. If you want to succeed in business, you should take action too. You should also have a plan. Today's plan of action, as you know, I, I usually summarize uh, an episode and talk about what the plan of action is based on our conversations. There were a lot of conversations today. The plan of action that I want you to take this year, though, is I want you to build your business like an airplane. If you're listening to this podcast, you have a small business. 
I have seen businesses crumble and I've seen businesses succeed. If businesses crash, it's usually because of one of six reasons, leadership, marketing, sales, overhead and operations, product optimization, and cash flow. If one of those areas fail, you're toast. And so this year, if you want to grow your business, in fact, I think you can double the revenue of your business. If you're running a chaotic business and you feel a little bit disorganized and you feel like you're making it up as you go along, if you professionalize your operation, I think you can double your revenue. 2023 is coming and it's coming fast. Let's set a goal to double your revenue by professionalizing your operation and turning it into a money-making machine. If you want to do that, there's a 220-page plan of action out there. It's called How to Grow Your Small Business. It's my book. It comes out in March. I want you to get that book, and I want you to run that plan. This is the plan that I wish I would have had 10, 15 years ago when I first started out in business, and it's all yours. There is also an audio summary of the book that you get for free whenever you pre-order the book. So if you pre-order the book, go to growyoursmallbusiness.com slash podcast. It's growyoursmallbusiness.com slash podcast. Put your receipt number, you know, just cut and paste that receipt number that Amazon gives you. Cut and paste that receipt number into the form on that website, and I will immediately send you an audio summary of the book. And it's not a little audio summary. I think it's 70 or 80 minutes long. It covers all six areas of your business that you need to grow, and it is going to stimulate your imagination and get you really excited about growing your business in 2023. If you feel like this year was a grind and you were making it up as you went along, next year doesn't have to be that way. All right, so pre-order the book. Go to growyoursmallbusiness.com slash podcast. Enter your receipt number, get that audio summary, and start 2023 like you wish you would have started business 10 years ago. <laughs> it's okay. You can start over. If you are tired of not having a plan, you don't have to be tired any longer. Just go get the book. All right. I want to thank Lila May and Annabelle Skidmore, Renee Thompson, Will Gadara, and Amy Porterfield, along with all our coaching and expert guests who joined us this year. And check our show notes to find links to the full versions of each episode in this best of compilation. I know if you go back and listen to those episodes, you're going to find something new that you didn't hear the first time. Most of all, though, I want to thank you for joining me each week here on the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you build your business like an airplane so you can fly far and fast. See you next year.